Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 91 of the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Kevin, Army and Navy have issued the uniforms for their annual Army-Navy game on December 9th. Army is sporting the Desert Storm 3rd Infantry Division-themed uniform, while Navy is featuring a Silent Service, a.k.a. Submarine Service-themed uniform. Kevin, there are three acceptable answers to the best submarine movie in the Navy of all time. What are those three movies, Kevin? Well, Crimson Tide, right? Number one. Number one okay. and Forever the Champion. And really, I mean, for me, that's where it almost starts and ends. Hunt for Red October is pretty good, Kevin. That, that is that is good, too. Hunt for Red October is very, 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 very good. And I Sean love, Connery, right? Oh, yeah. Sean Connery, yeah. Sean Connery and um, Alec Baldwin before he got weird. Uh, um, let me think. James Earl Jones is makes an appearance in that movie. He's really, really good. It's a that is a classic one. Not as good as Crimson Tide. And then lastly, U five seventy one is really more of an honorable mention because it was the only other one I could think of. But those are one and two. Clearly one and two. Okay, now let's shift to army movies. Kevin, give me your three favorite anytime, any you know any. It doesn't have to be Desert Storm. Any army movies. Um, Saving Private Ryan was good. Saving Private Ryan makes the list. That's correct. You get yeah, two more. You know, I also liked, um, is I don't know if that's Army or Marines, um, Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down, I believe, is the Army. I believe is the okay. Army. We can check on that. People love that movie, though. That I will allow that to be on the list. Okay. And for a third, I don't know, man. Those are those are my favorite two. What's your okay. third? Well, you know what's funny is it's not necessarily an um, it's just kind of a war movie. It's thirteen hours in Benghazi. I love that. Movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's good. I love that movie. But if we want to keep it real, right, and keep it just the army, I like Full Metal Jacket. Uh, that movie's disturbingly yeah, good, disturbingly good. And then the all-time great is Patton. Yeah, I love Patton. When Patton, when Patton asks. The uh, the uh, the chaplain to pray for victory, and he says, "Hey, well, you know, if I pray for victory, it means I'm praying for people to die." And Ch- and Patton goes, "I expect a prayer on my desk within an hour." I mean, it is yeah, so good, yeah. dude. It is so good. Listen, those are my favorite. I I love any of the war movies. Uh, but anyway, th- if you haven't seen these Army Navy uniforms, you got to check them out. They are legit. They do a great job. Um, Nike for Army and then um, Under Armour for Navy. They do a great job every year of coming up with these um, crazy innovative uniforms that recognize a certain portion of the Navy and Army, respectively. So, yeah, you got to love the uniform matchup with this game. It's going to look great. I love the attention to detail, even on the Navy football, which is an Under Armour football, but it has the sonar like you'd see on like the old battleship game, you know? Oh, man. It's yeah. just, just the uh-huh. little touches like that, dude. Really. Really set it off. Um, Alice, Alice's dad was in the Navy. Rest in peace, Dave Young. He was in the Navy uh, during Vietnam. My grandfather was in the Air Force. 
So since Air Force is not playing in there, we are going to go with Navy. That's going to be my okay, choice. Yeah, my brother-in-law, Michael, um, was in the Army for a while. So. Oh, wow. So yeah. here we go. Uh -huh. Nice. All right. We're going to have a rooting interest. Um, Oklahoma plays TCU on Friday at 11 a.m. Texas plays Texas Tech Friday night. Yeah, 6.30. D at DKR. For Texas, we've talked about it. Win and you're in the Big 12. Oklahoma, win and get some help. The, the more I look at this TCU game, Kevin, and we'll talk about it more in depth when we, when we do the game preview, but I'm getting more concerned about this game the closer we get to it. Like TCU is, this is going to sound weird, but based on what I'm reading and the study in their schedule and everything, they're like the best five and six team in the country. They're a tough team to play against. I mean, you watch that Texas game, right? They got some good players out there. Right? The season has not gone the way that any of us thought it would. But they've got some good players that are capable of making things happen. The you know concerning thing with OU is you know the run defense last week. I don't know if it was the injuries, you know, with Sethman being a little sick, but the BYU running back pretty much did whatever he wanted. And Imani Bailey is a really good running back for them, who's having a good season. So. Yeah, he's over we'll a thousand. Yard, he's over a thousand yeah. yards rushing now. Yeah, yeah, and we just gave up. We gave up like 189 to to, to the kid at uh, Aiden Robbins at BYU for a, which un, inexplicably. I mean, our our run defense has been really good all year, and uh, Teddy Lehman was on the radio just a couple hours ago saying, you know, normally he likes to kind of, you know, hedge a little bit and talk. He was like, the run defense was terrible. He's like, the linebackers played an absolutely terrible football game. And that's with Danny Stutzman having a strip sack that basically won the game. But, you know, yeah. it's just um, you, the linebackers have to step up and we're going to have to see a better defensive performance. You know, BYU was not a good team and that was a one touchdown game. And if it wasn't for a miracle return by Billy Bowman, I'm not sure we win that game. We talked about that. For you guys, you got Texas Tech. Texas Tech having a similar season to TCU, almost worse though. Expectations really high for Tech. Are you feel are you like me where you're feeling a little more worried, or do you feel kind of oh, confident after seeing you know, how you performed in Iowa State? I, I feel confident but concerned, right? Because they have good players. They've got some guys on the defensive line that can get after the quarterback. And I know one of their edge guys, we're not sure if he's going to be playing or not. He's banged up. The Hutchings kid, but uh Jalen Hutchings. But They've got some guys who can get after the quarterback. So anytime you face a team that can do that, it, they always get your attention. And, of course, their running back is having a great season, Tosh Brooks. Yeah, your running back's having a really good season. They're, I mean, their running back is having a really good season. I, again, I, I go back to the fact that they are playing – well, they should be playing free, playing the role of spoiler. You know, this is the last time they'll play Texas for the foreseeable future, similar to kind of how an Oklahoma State played Oklahoma. The difference is it's on the road, man. It's DKR. Quinn's playing with a – I really feel like a pretty high level of confidence. You're still missing Jonathan Brooks, but Baxter filled in very nicely. This could be this last road game for Worthy, potentially the last road game for A.D. Mitchell, uh, maybe even the last game, road yeah. game for Whittington. Uh, Sanders – where's Sanders at? He's a junior, man. I expect him to be gone too. I, I told you earlier in the season, man, we're going to lose a lot of players – to the NFL, which is why I say it's important to whatever we can do this year, make it happen now because I don't know how good we're going to be because we're losing so many guys off this team. What's Tabondre Sweat? He's a senior too. He's a fifth-year senior. 
Is Byron he Murphy really? is a, yeah, Byron Murphy is a draft eligible junior. Uh, what about so, Jalen I mean, Ford? Jalen Ford, oh, he's a senior too. Yep. Oh, you know what? I don't feel bad. Just keep giving me those names because that makes me actually feel a lot better as an Oklahoma oh, yeah. fan. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I thought Devon Devon, I I did not realize he was a senior because yeah. he has not been this dominant for his five no, years. Not. No, we just we kind of been waiting on it, and I mean, you want to talk about a contract year and he's balled out. He's just put it all together this year. It's been incredible to watch. Is he going to be a first team? Is he going to be a first uh, first round draft pick? I think he is. I think he's worked his way into the first round. He's That's just been too dominant, and his motor. Like he he plays hard every snap. Listen, I, in all, I, I this is in all seriousness. I apologize to Texas Longhorn fan. I don't really pay attention to your roster, even as the host of the Boomer Bevo podcast. It's just so it's like when something good happens is when I pay attention or bad or whatever. But in the case of Tavondre Sweat, I got to tell you, I had no idea the guy was a senior. No clue. Because he was so good. I, th- I thought to myself, surely he's like a redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore. Like maybe yeah. he's out this year because this guy couldn't have just been sitting on the bench for the last five years. That's That guy is like balled yeah, up. He's, he's, he's been in a rotation the last three years, basically, with Keandre well, Coburn and Mauro Ojimo. And yes, he's better than all of those. He has been in the year. he's been in the de- he's been in the offensive backfield all year this year. That's what he's all been doing. He's had a great year that you, um, I do not, I'm not going to miss that dude at all. I'm not going to miss that dude at all. All right. Um, getting to this week's games, a lot of good games, at least from the names of the opponents, not the best matchups, but just the rivalry week. It's a great oh, man, weekend. There's some, yeah, there's some important games, man. When it comes to the college football playoff, if you're rooting for chaos, buckle up, man, because we're going to see a lot of it this weekend. Starting on Thanksgiving Day, you have Old Miss and Mississippi State. Mississippi State is getting 10. Um, they call it the Egg Bowl, right? They call it the Egg Bowl. I call you know it... why? No, please tell me. I mean, no, no. I was hoping you knew. I, I oh, n- no. never cared enough to, to, no. to uh, research it. I did not. I do not know why it's called the Egg Bowl. I know it's called the bowl where the guy, um, for lack of a better word, pooped out the football and no, got his no, coach no. fired. He 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 did the dog pee thing. That was Elijah Moore. If you don't remember that, Ole Miss scored a touchdown. They were down by six. Okay, they were down by six. He scored a touchdown with less than a minute left, and the appending extra point would have tied the game. So when he scored the touchdown, he got on his knees and lifted his leg to simulate a dog peeing right in front of the ref, who immediately threw a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct, push his team 15 yards back for the extra point, and, and the kicker it. missed the extra point, and Ole Miss lost the game. As Ole Miss or Mississippi Moore. State? No, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss lost the game. Elijah Moore was a second-round pick in the NFL draft. Just to tell you what kind of talented player he is, I could not – I watched that live. I had just gotten home uh, in the on Thanksgiving. We're watching that game. I was like, I can't believe you just did that. That was uh, that was what that is one of the funniest football moments of all time. I just uh, like, I'll never why? forget it. So I don't know why it's called the egg bowl. It should be the dog pissing on you ball. All right. Uh, anyway, I think Ole Miss probably rolls. Mississippi State's not any good. Uh, on Friday, um, in addition to the TCU OU game and the Texas Tech Texas game, Iowa at Nebraska. Nebraska is actually a two and a half point favorite at home. 
That's in addition, in addition, the over under. You want to take a guess at the over under on the Iowa Nebraska game? Man, is it is it even over thirty? Twenty six and a half, Kevin. Unbelievable. Twenty six and a half. Yeah, I don't Iowa, even understand. They've already clinched the Big Ten West. So they they're are already in, they are playing the winner. In. They are playing the winner of Michigan, Correct. Ohio State. They already said. That's probably why Nebraska is a favorite, and Nebraska might be playing for bowl eligibility or something like that. So, all right, uh, Missouri. We talked about them last week. Missouri is at Arkansas, where they are a seven and a half point favorite. Penn State at Michigan State, twenty and a half point favorite. But a game to keep an eye on for the national landscape, especially for Texas fan as they continue to push for a spot in the college football playoff. Oregon State at Oregon. So this is a home game for Bo Nix, a home game for Dan Lanning. They are 13 and a half point favorites against Oregon State. You know, yeah, it's a very interesting game, right? The Civil War, there have been some pretty fun moments, right? And Oregon State has had some sneaky good teams over the year. They've had some good players. And we all know what Oregon's about, too. Um, but everything's on the line for Oregon. And that's a team that I've seen routinely step up in these moments, right? I think they would have probably beat Washington if Dan Lanning would have just, you know, gone for it every fourth down throughout the game, right? Oregon State's a good team. I thought they gave Washington all they could handle last week. Man, the way Bo Nix is playing, it's really hard for me to to bet against Oregon, especially playing at home. I don't know about you, man. My Heisman vote right now is for Bo Nix, and I hate to say that. I just hate Oregon, um, all the stuff, you know, the Oklahoma stories and all that. And I've I've never really liked all the Nike money that's gone into Oregon, although I don't know that it matters anymore. You look at these schools across the country. But Bo Nix, unequivocally to me, has put up the best numbers on one of the best teams. And and it's not even for Bo Nix, it's not even a career achievement award because he's never been this good. He's no. never he's never been like all on the ballot or you know even an underdog. He, he his first year was the most hyped year he had, and he wasn't very good. So to see what he's done this year, it's it's a standalone performance, and it's been really really solid. We're gonna you pick know, and also game. it shows you what you know just what experience does for the quarterback position, right? If you look at if you look at the quarterbacks that are having the best seasons this year, all these three guys that are that we talk about for the Heisman, talk about him, fifth-year senior. Pendix, he might be a sixth-year senior. Yeah. Right? And then uh, Daniels, fifth-year senior at LSU. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've seen these experienced guys having these great seasons. So it shows well, you. And, and you, look at Dylan, with them. you look at Dylan Gabriel. Dylan, Dylan Gabriel's having his best year. This is his best year as, as a college football quarterback. And, uh, you know, if anybody would have put Dylan's stats up, and said, would you take this from Dylan Gabriel this year? Every Oklahoma fan says absolutely yes. And and to your point, it just it's just, you know, he's the biggest question is going to be, has he played his last game? You know, are we going to see him on Saturday? And we're going to talk about that. Um, speak, or I mean, on Friday. Speaking of uh, Saturday, the game of the week, I mean, be, becoming routinely probably the most important game in the college football playoff over the last three or four years, at least to get in, in addition to like the SEC championship game and the Red River shootout, is Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That line tells me they're a favorite because they're at home. That's that's all they're saying. This is a pick em. Jim Harbaugh is not coaching this game. I think that matters. Absolutely. Um, I love Michigan's defense, but let's face it. 
when we say they haven't been, I don't think either one of these teams have been truly tested by really great competition. This is their Washington, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma, um, Bama, uh, I don't know, LSU game, right? Like this is their, this is their test right here. Winner goes to the playoff. Loser is out. I don't think there's any way the loser gets in. I completely agree. I mean, it'd have to be um, an incredibly well-played game that's decided on the last second field goal or something like that for that even becomes a consideration, right? This, I mean, you talk about everything being on the line, number two against number three. No Jim Harbaugh coaching from Michigan. Ohio State had dominated this rivalry. I think they won like, what, 11 straight or something like that. Yep. And now Michigan has won the last two. We talked about how Ohio State as a university, they have fired good coaches for losing con- consistently to Michigan, right? We all remember John Cooper in the 90s. Guy would go 11-1, and 10-2 and two every year, but he would always lose to Michigan. And guess what? That wasn't good enough. He got fired and it replaced him with, um, with Jim Trestle. So if Michigan were to win, that would be three losses in a row for Ryan Day. And as good as he's been, man, that seat is going to start getting a little bit warm there because those Ohio State fans do not take kindly to losing to Michigan. So there is so much on the line. It's a fascinating game, and I, I honestly I can't wait for it. I just think that uh, a couple things on the on the Michigan side. I think JJ McCarthy has to like step up and actually play quarterback this game. This isn't Penn State where he gets the benefit of being able to hand it off the entire second half. Like yeah, you're not gonna, going the whole second half no, without throwing the pass. I'm not he's happen. got he's got to go win the game, and, and I think that that's a really critical part. People keep trying to insert him into like the upper elite of quarterbacks. He's not there. We just named no. him, right? He now is he on the next tier? Maybe, but you know I've given Quinn a hard time. Quinn's so much better than JJ McCarthy. It's not even close. Like yeah. I that that the spread between those two is is, is really really big. So I think he's got to step up. On the flip side for Ohio State, does Marvin Harrison Jr. have an opportunity to slide in late season to the Heisman conversation with a statement win against Michigan from the wide receiver position? I think he can, right? He's got the the name. He's got the notoriety. He plays at a a university like Ohio State. They've got the record, too. They're undefeated. So if he goes out and has one of those 12-catch, 200-yard, two or three touchdown like games and they win, then absolutely I could see that. Is he the best he player? Would in col- is he the best player in college football? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good, man. He's really good. It's so uh, interesting, right? Because we all remember how good his dad was. He's obviously a Hall of Fame receiver. I'm just wondering where he got his size from. Dad was what was he, six foot, one one eighty five? Yeah. And you know, Thun is six three, two twenty. It's so interesting. Well, you know, I, I think if Caleb Williams would have performed, um, I think if they'd have been winning a little bit more, I, I still think he's probably the best player in college football. I, yeah. I really think that. But the team was just so bad. But as far as all the, uh, the 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 good players on good teams conversation, Marvin Harrison Jr. is he's just dynamic, man, and he has the ability to carry Ohio State's offense. That's what's so incredible about it. And so to see what Michigan's going to do defensively. It, this is a this is a really really spicy matchup, and I'm excited. It's the only Big Ten game I've been looking forward to all year. I can't wait for it. Um, Texas A and M at LSU. Uh, 
does LSU uh, kick the dog when it's already down? Uh, they better, right? And because their season, they haven't had the type of season that they expected. Three losses. They did not see that coming before the season, before the season started. So, yeah, they need to finish the season well, get, a, uh, get into a good bowl game, and keep that momentum going into recruiting into next year. Yeah, especially especially the bigger SEC now. It's just it's a different ball game, and if you're if you're not going forward, I mean, it's just like with Oklahoma. The difference between nine and three and ten and two is yes, it's tremendous, astronomical. Yes. Um. So yeah, no, I agree with you. LSU is an eleven and a half point favorite. That's at home. Kentucky at Louisville. Here's the deal, dude. Louisville is ranked tenth. I don't think they can win enough games to get in, even if they beat a Florida State because of where Florida State's at. I agree. Now, they're already in the championship game. I mean the college football play. I just don't think there's anything. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, to get into the playoff. I I agree. I think they're just down a little bit too far. But it's been a a tremendous season for Louisville, and they have a chance to cap it off with a win against Kentucky at home, where they're a seven-point favorite. The aforementioned Navy is at SMU. SMU is an 18-point favorite. Here's the deal. I remember back when Oklahoma struggled against SMU and we all said, well, SMU is not very good. And then they kind of stayed not very good until I look at their record and they're nine and two. Now there are other wins, you know, they did, they beat bad teams. Okay. Sure. They beat nine bad teams. Well, so has Michigan, right? So that's not, I, it's just, they're not as bad as we thought they were when Oklahoma struggled against them. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Houston at UCF. UCF's a 13 and a half point favorite. Colorado at Utah. Utah is a 22 point favorite. Starting with the Buffaloes, um, win or lose, and they probably lose against Utah, win or lose, despite all the hype from the month of September, will this be a successful season for Coach Prime in his first year at Colorado? I think it will be. Um, I think they kind of it's weird, right? Because I, I thought they would have four wins before the season. But the, when the season started, after the first couple games, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they'll get up to eight wins. Even. Yeah. But it, it kind of fell apart. I think once teams kind of figured out what they were doing offensively and just realized, hey, man, they've got really good guys in the skill positions. they got a really good quarterback. But the offensive line is not good. We can get pressure all day. Shador Sanders are taking too many hits. Flip it around defense, the same thing. Defensive line is good. We can run right at them, control the clock. It happened. You know, I still thought that Prime has done a good job. It kind of fell apart last week. Last week was the first time they really got blown out by a team that wasn't just that much more talented than them. They got blown out by Oregon, but that's Oregon. Washington State is not a very good team. I don't think they're much better than Colorado is. So it kind of fell apart then. The only issue I had with Prime was demoting the uh, offensive coordinator. I thought he had done a good job taking away the play calling responsibilities. I thought was a mistake. Um, we'll see. I'm sure I'm really going to keep an eye on them in the off season to see how they attack it. I want to see how the recruiting class shapes out. And I want also want to see how they attack the transfer portal and how they um, can flip that roster in the trenches. Because if they do that, I still think they got a chance, especially being in the big 12, the pack 12 was historically good this year. Going to the Big 12 next year. So we'll see if they can try to make a run in their first year in that conference. So I look forward to seeing how it goes. Uh, Utah is going to join them in the new Big 12, and they are going to join them with Cam Rising. What are your thoughts on Cam Rising getting another year of eligibility, coming back, I don't know, 
seventh year. It's crazy. Give me some thoughts seven. on Cam Rising. Yeah, man, give me some it seems like Cam. so long ago. I mean, I've been living in Oklahoma now for six years, right? Moved here, and you know, he was committed to Texas when I moved here. So he had already you know? committed. Yeah, he was, was class of twenty eighteen. Okay, but he had committed by you know the fall of uh, twenty seventeen. Remember, he was committed to OU first. Yeah, yeah. And then flipped to Texas, which was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in recruiting, by the way. We just did not expect that at all. And, you know, gets to Texas. It's just crazy, man, how the guys that were playing when he, his first year of college football, Kyler Murray was a quarterback, starting quarterback at OU. Remember, so he, Kyler uh, Murray was in his real, fifth real quick, in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong on Cam Rising. He he played for Texas. Was he on their roster? I mean, I did. He was on the roster. It's that far along. He was on the roster. Uh huh. In 2018, he was on the roster. He he was just buried behind. They had him. They had Ellinger, Casey Thompson, and Cam Rising. All three. And then at the same time. And then he transferred to like Florida Atlantic under Kiffin, right? Am I thinking of the right? Utah Rising. Yeah. Or no, he he went from Texas to Utah. Who was the quarterback that went to that, that was at Florida Atlantic? That was um, actually Florida. Casey Thompson ended up at. Oh, are you talking about Robinson back in the day? That must be him. That must yeah, be who I'm yeah. thinking about. He transferred from yeah, but no, Cam Rising committed to Oklahoma first, then okay. flipped his commitment to Texas, signed with Texas, was at Texas for one year, then he transferred to Utah. He's been at Utah ever since, and he's been their starting quarterback for the last three years before the injury. I mean, he's had two really bad injuries. That's why he's still eligible to play. Listen, man, if you want to keep playing football, good for him. After all the injuries, I would consider. But, again, you only get one opportunity in life to play the sport that you love. So if he wants to do it, hey, good for him. It's just kind of crazy thinking about the guys who were playing college football when he was a freshman. Tua Tagovailoa, Ed Oliver. Devin White, Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Williams, Gardner Minshew, all those guys were playing college football when Cam Rising was a uh, freshman at Texas. That's unbelievable. It's a, I, those you know, guys, Kyler's in his fifth year, so he'll be in his sixth year in the NFL next year, and Cam Rising will still be playing college football. You know, I don't think Cam's going to play in the NFL. I don't think he's that kind of player. Um, but he's a pretty salty college quarterback, and I think if he comes, if he does come back and he's healthy – um, Utah's probably your favorite to win the Big 12, right? They're going to be one of the favorites for sure because we know what they're about, right? It doesn't matter who they have out there. They are pretty, they're pretty consistent with who they are. Oh, it's just crazy. All right. Um, in the Iron Bowl, we didn't know the name of the Egg Bowl or the origins. Do we have the origins of the Iron Bowl? I don't know. No, neither do I. No, Alabama, Alabama at Auburn. Auburn, a 14-and-a-half-point uh, dog. Coming off a devastating loss to New Mexico State, they got um, beat down too. That's this, you know what I mean. It's not like I, they lost on a. It wasn't like an App State Michigan thing when they lost on a last second field goal in the first game of the year. They lost by three touchdowns at home. I don't even want to know what Milrow is going to do to them. Like that kid just keeps coming on. Jalen yeah. Milrow just keeps coming on, and he the, he he could he could have nine touchdowns against Auburn. Like and and the Alabama and, defense, man, they look good. And listen, dude, Saban will run it up. He doesn't care. Saban understands that this is a dog and pony show at this point in the year. He he he's not just going to like win and then put his subs in. You know, start the third quarter. Yeah, no, he he'll he'll absolutely run it up. 
Uh, Arizona, another um, another in-state rivalry game. Arizona at ASU. ASU is a 10.5 point. Down. Yeah, it's only a 10.5 point line, though. ASU's getting 10.5 at home. Is it at Tempe? Okay, it's at Tempe. It's at Tempe, still, Tempe but man. still, I mean, man. The way that offense has been, they've had a I great think, season. I would, pitch. Take, I'd take the Wildcats. I'd take the Wildcats. Uh, Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Tw- Tennessee's a 27-point uh, favorite. Um, games that matter in the Big 12, both for Oklahoma and for Texas, more so for Oklahoma. BYU at OSU. OSU is a 17-point favorite. I don't know, dude. A lot for Oklahoma depends on BYU winning this game. I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I think after what happened last week, I think they're going to watch that tape against OU and say, okay, we we – this is serious now. We got to bring it against this BYU team, right? I don't know what BYU's motivation is going to be at this point, besides just playing hard, just just pride, right? I don't know what their record is. Are they trying to fight for a bowl game? Do they have five? They have five wins, right? I, they could be. Yeah, they could be fighting for a bowl game. There's a lot on the line, man. It would be monumental. It would be a monumental collapse for Oklahoma State to lose this game, but it is Oklahoma State, right? And it is Mike Gundy, so you never know. It is Oklahoma State, and the weather forecast looks pretty crappy. It looks okay on Friday, but looks really pretty crappy on Saturday for Stillwater. So maybe some wet weather, maybe we get some fumbles, some turnovers. But Oklahoma fan, I I just – I don't feel like this is – I think our better chance was Houston, and it was a chance for over half the game. It was. It looked like Houston had it. And, you know, let's remember, too, BYU is not great at stopping the run. Your running backs look good against them. And they've got Ollie Gordon. And Ollie Gordon, so, yeah. yeah. Um, best best running back in the country, Ollie Gordon? I think so, man. I, I you, know, you know, I love my guy Jonathan Brooks. So since the injury, yeah, Ollie Gordon, just, he's been tremendous all year once they started to give him the ball, make him the focal point of the offense. Well, look what happens when they give Gavin Sawchuck the ball. He looks really good, too. That's amazing what yeah. happens when you just run him, but whatever. That's, that's He was banged thing. up, though, right? I'm not trying to defend Jeff Levy, but he was banged know. up, right, for the first okay. few games. I think he was. Okay. We'll go if he's that. not healthy, he can't run. You know what I mean? No, you're fine. Sure, that's fine. But I still contend run the ball. But anyway. Uh, Washington you're not going to get arguments with me on that from, from saying run the ball. Trust me. Washington State at Washington. Washington's 16.5-point favorite. I think Washington goes ahead and wins this game, although it's a rivalry game. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, the Washington State offense is pretty explosive with Cam Ward, but too much on the line. Washington's come through all season long. I don't see that changing now. Uh, this is the um, this has major college football playoff implications, and it's going to take place with dual backup quarterbacks facing each other. Florida State in the, at the Swamp against Florida – Florida's a six-and-a-half-point dog. Florida State will be down Jordan Travis, and in his stead will be Tate Rodemaker. And then Florida is down Graham Mertz with a broken collarbone. In his stead is Max Brown, actually from Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, who's seen limited time. Rodemaker's at least started a couple games, um, most famously the loss against Jacksonville State in 2020. Uh, Max Brown not really um, starting a lot of games. Um this is going to be really interesting. This is a game that Texas, for the college football playoff, if they go ahead and win Friday night, when you're sitting back and watching this game on, on Saturday night, you are actively rooting for the Florida Gators. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I, I feel like if Graham Mertz was playing this game, 
I might be a little tempted to pick Florida because if you get the kind of effort that they gave last week against Missouri. Yeah. But this could be one of those culture games for Florida State, right? They say, okay, we're down our quarterback, but we still have really good players. Coach is going to come up with a game plan to get the ball to those playmakers. Keon Coleman on the outside, Trey Benson at running back, and see if they can handle their business. Again, Florida it's going to be tough for a backup quarterback, though, being in that environment. I think Florida, especially when Florida is playing well, the Swamp is possibly the loudest stadium in the country when yeah. they're going. So and it's a, it's a rivalry game, so Florida fans are going to be there. And they're going to be fired up. So it's a game I'm looking forward to watching. Well, let's plan on picking that game. Six and a half point spread. Um, closing out the week, Notre Dame at Stanford, West Virginia, Baylor, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, North Carolina, NC State, and Iowa State at Kansas State, which Iowa State at Kansas State has some has some implications there. If K-State can get a loss and OSU gets a loss, then, te- you know, it's a, just a lot of different factors there. Iowa State is actually still alive. If Iowa State wins against Kansas State and 19 other things happen, Iowa State's in the Big 12 championship game. So It's, it, it's so bizarre, man, this whole year. It's weird. All right. Um, let us pick three games here. Here's, here's your choices, okay, Kevin? And I'm going to let you pick the first one. We've got Oregon State. Against Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, BYU, OSU, Washington State, Washington, Florida State, Florida. Which one do you want to pick? Oh, we got to do Ohio State, Michigan. Have to. Three and a half point at Michigan. Who is your pick? You know what, man? I've, I've had a lot of trouble with this, and I'm going back and forth. You can make reasonable arguments for both teams, but I'm going with Ohio State. I, too, am going with Ohio State, and I am going to call it the uh, revenge game for the last two years. Uh, the revenge game for Signgate and um, the fact that Harbaugh is not there. That and and I just don't know that JJ McCarthy can give them enough offense to beat Ohio State. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. has a big game. I am going with Ohio State to win Real and quick, cover. I, I want to see how they defend him. I love the corner they have, Will Johnson, five-star corner for Michigan. Um, I want to see if they have him follow. Marvin Harrison around, or do they just play, hey, you play on the left side, I play on the right side. I'm curious to see how they defend him. Obviously, Ohio State has other weapons, right? They've got five-star at every receiver position, but they're, you know, Marvin Harrison is absolutely that dude, so I just want to see if they bracket coverage to him or they just let Will Johnson cover him one-on-one or how they defend him. It would be a fascinating match. Dude, if, it, if it's me, it's Will Johnson and a bracket, right? I mean, I, th- yeah. I just I think you got to say – in a lot of ways, if you're, you know, Michigan thinks they're really good at defense, and they are. So maybe they, are, they think, yeah. maybe they think their fundamental baseline defense can handle it. So taking that off the table, that they are really, really good at defense, I think there has to be an element of don't let this guy beat us, right? Make somebody Agreed. else beat us, um, which is a weird thing to say. It's easier to say in basketball than it is in football, but still, you just, golly, make somebody else make that big catch. You Correct. know, you saw it. You saw it last night in the uh, in the Eagles Kansas City game when you took Kelsey out and, and, and you said, "Okay, we're making eighty four make the catches." Well, eighty four didn't make the catches and they lost. No, you know, and so it's just kind of, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I agree with you though in Ohio State. All right, I'm gonna I want to pick uh, Florida Florida State. It's gonna be really really hard to pick this game. It's gonna be a weird spread. Uh, Florida State is playing to stay alive. Florida is playing for pride and to beat Florida State. What are your What are your thoughts? Who do you want to go with? 
Florida. You know what, man? Like I said just a minute ago, if if, if Merck's was playing, I may take Florida. But no, I'm going to bet on um, Florida State and the culture that they're building um, there. So I'm going to go take FSU, FSU to, yeah, to, to cover to the win six and, and cover. Correct. Six and yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I like, man, Keon Coleman, man, the receiver. Look out. I think he's going to have a huge game. I like um, I like Florida to cover but lose. I, I'm going to take gotcha. Florida State to win the game. But I think Florida at home, backup quarterback, can keep this to like a – I don't know a 27-24 kind of game. Even a th- even a even a you know a 30-24 game kind of gets you still still in that cover spot. So I am going to yeah. go with Florida to cover but lose the game. My right, man has been building man this 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 program for a few years now. So we'll really get to see what they're about from a Florida standpoint. Florida can't speak of culture. They can't stand Billy Napier. They cannot stand him. They want uh, you know they're Oh, I, they want him out. I haven't yeah, really heard the Pulse from Florida fan this year. Yeah, no, they just don't like they don't like the direction they're going. They expected so much more improvement. You know, you you think about coaches in their second year, right? We saw Sark with improvement in his second year, uh, Venables improvement in his second year. Um, when you don't see that improvement in your second year, and and you know, you think about it from a Florida standpoint, okay, you're gonna lose to Georgia. Everybody loses to Georgia, but it's the other games that you're losing that you just can't believe is happening. And so I I kind of, you know, I can see where Florida's coming from. I get it. Yeah. You got to see improvement. Okay. Uh, They're still recruiting we, well, though, which is surprising. We'll see if they can hold on to that recruiting class. Because year three, the dream the dream selling is over, and we got to see results. You're left. I'm going to let you pick the last game. We got the Washington game, the BYU-OSU game, and the Oregon State-Oregon game. What you want to Let's do the Civil War, Oregon and Oregon State. Okay. Oregon is a 13.5-point favorite at home. I think Bo Nix balls out. I think Bo Nix balls out, and I think they cover the 13-and-a-half against a good Oregon State team. They send a message to the college football playoff that says Oregon is for real and de- basically daring you to leave them out if they are able to beat Washington. I'm going yeah, with can, Oregon to cover. I completely agree, man. I think they make a statement. They made statements all year. Again, if they hadn't gone for it you know, 50 times on fourth down against Washington, they're probably undefeated right now and already sitting in the top four. So, yeah, I think they handle their business. Again, like you said, a good Oregon State team. They have a good defense. They have a good coach. But, uh, nah, man, Oregon's on a mission this year. Uh, for the record, everybody, uh, in case you're keeping track at home, Kevin is 36-22-2 on the year. And I am over 500 to 30-28-2, and I feel pretty good about that. Kevin is 36-22-2, betting against the spread, including having to pick Oklahoma and OSU every single week. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas every single week. That is a pretty impressive feat, Kevin. Well, well, Thank you, well sir. Done. Thank you. If you want to see other impressive feats, you want to give Brown O'Haver a call in case you've had a loss to your insurance, uh, a loss that's caused you to file insurance, whether it's to your home or your business. If you've had a property loss that you've had to file insurance with, you're going to want to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. They handle insurance claims for fire, wind, theft, tornado, hail, vandalism, whatever the case may be. Here's the thing. It is Thanksgiving week. There's going to be some losses. You have family in your house. You've got little kids. You've got drunk uncles, whatever the case may be. They're going to knock stuff over. They're going to burn stuff down. There is the chance for disaster at every family event this week. I guarantee it. 
if you have a disaster that results in an insurance loss and it's Thanksgiving and you don't want to mess with it, you want to give Brown O'Haver a call. 405-735-5510. We are there for you in your time of need, especially in the holidays. So if you've had a loss or you have a loss coming up, give Brown O'Haver a call. 405-735-5510. Kevin, Texas Tech has coming to Austin. Brett Yormark will be there actively rooting for the Red Raiders. The Red Raiders have spoiled your season before when you've been really, really good, I think of 2008. Do they spoil your season in 2023? Man, I certainly hope not, right? I hope that we just come out and unleash hell on Texas Tech. That would be my hope. Now, this team, you know how they are, right? They either come out hot and then slow down, or it's the opposite. They come out flat and then pick it up later. But my hope is that, you know, it's the last home game of the year, senior night. Texas Tech has been annoying, thorn on our side for the last few years. They've been talking crap in the offseason. The coach has been, the commissioner has been. So hopefully we just make a statement and just crush these fools, man, because I'm just kind of kind of getting tired of playing them. I'm glad we don't have to deal with them after this year. I'm glad we didn't have to play Texas Tech this year at all because they're just an annoying little gnat of a school that I can't stand. Um, and number two, this game is – there is no shortage of bulletin board material for you guys. The the trash talk that came out of Lubbock this summer, it was ridiculous when we thought Texas Tech was going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was it was ridiculous then to, to to talk about that they are were ever at any point on par with Texas or Oklahoma in terms of um, how they contributed to the success of the Big Twelve, especially in football, was an absolute and utter joke. Does that mean I'm rooting? for Texas this week to beat Texas Tech? Mm, probably not. However, it won't bother me if you go ahead and beat down Texas Tech. It yeah, will man. not bother me if you beat down yeah, Texas Tech. Yeah, just, you know, Maguire, yeah, it, you know, I've complimented. I think he's a really good coach. The season has not gone the way that they hoped and that most of us thought it would go. They've had quarterback injuries. They've had three different quarterback start games this year. And, you know, but again, in the offseason, you know, he's like, well, you know, they're good at Olympic sports, saying that about Texas. And the commissioner saying to the booster club that, you know, I'll be there on Thanksgiving. So make sure you guys handle business on that day. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, you're the commissioner of the entire conference, which includes Texas for this year. So it was crazy unprofessional by him. So, yeah, we've got plenty of bulletin board material. We saw how the defense played last week after what their the Iowa State offensive lineman was saying, right? And, and they got pushed around in the trenches all game long. Hopefully it's the same thing this week. I am a little bit concerned, right? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Taj Brooks is having an incredible season. He's got almost 1,400 yards rushing, right? He's a big physical running. He, he bounces off contact. So you really got to bring it, bring it when you tackle him. You can't be trying to you know, do these little weak uh, arm tackles. you got to body him up and wrap him up and bring him down to the ground because um, he's a really strong runner. They've got some guys who can get after the quarterback too. And, again, that's always concerning when you have a team that has multiple guys that can get after the quarterback. So I'll be looking um, for that. 
But like I said this weeks ago, the best, the biggest opponent for Texas is Texas, right? If we're at our best, we, you know, could be anybody that's on our schedule. I still believe that, and it's the same way with Texas Tech, man. So as long as we're at our best, we should beat Texas Tech, and we could beat them handily if we are. Okay. Uh, are you a good enough team that's that's in the back of Sark Sark's mind? He's thinking I've got to um, I've got to send a statement to the college football playoff committee with a with you a know, big one. Is he? Are y'all good enough, know. or does he? Or is he just trying to win the game? He's trying to win the game, but I think if we get ahead, this might be the one game where he says, "You know what? No, let's just keep going. Let's just keep attacking, keep attacking, keep attacking." Because if there's a chance that we can get into the playoffs, let's go for it, right? But, again, my biggest thing, when the game get to Arlington, there's going to be chaos, right? There's going to be teams above us that lose either this week or next week. So, for me, win the game. But if you're up, you got a chance to get some style points, go for it. Um, I think – I mean, I'm going to pick you to win the game, clearly. The line is – the line is 10. I'm, listen, I know it's an early pick here, but I'm picking you to cover. I'm going to pick Texas to cover the game. I just think bulletin board material, last game last game in the Big 12 at DKR, um, the, the team is playing with a lot of confidence. They know what's on the line. There's, there's no overlooking. This is the last game of the regular season. There's no overlooking this game. Um, I think you all know how important it is to go ahead and win the game and win it big. Got you covering the spread. You know, I do too. Um, I know they run the ball very well, but our strength is stopping the run, right? One of the best defenses in the country at stopping the run. Best in the conference, one of the best in the country. I think this is a big tough Andre Sweat, Byron Murphy game, Alfred Collins game. I think we uh, slow Brooks down. I don't know if we shut him down, but I think we slow him down enough I think we make some plays against their defense. And, yeah, we take care of business and get ready ready for Arlington, man. That would be nice. Okay. Uh, at a Texas senior night, does Texas honor juniors that are leaving early? Will Xavier work? I know, you know, will Xavier work I, know, I know that um, Byron Murphy is being honored. I, I did hear that. I'm oh, not really? sure about Xavier Worthy. I think we should. I think they should yep. go ahead and honor him and Jatavian Sanders. Because I don't expect either one of those guys to be back next year. And again, in the grand scheme of it, it hurts us for next season. But in the grand scheme of things, that's a good problem to have. That means you're developing your guys quickly. And that's a recruiting tool, right? When you're sending juniors to the NFL, that means you're going to keep getting five-star guys to replace them. So yeah, I'm okay with they, it. Because ultimately, they want to go to the NFL. All right. Yeah. All right, they all want to go to the NFL. Um, Oklahoma takes on TCU. Um, I think, you know, this is a Dylan Gabriel game. If he plays where he's looking for a little redemption for against TCU last year for kind of derailing that season. Um, but that's really the big question. Does Dylan Gabriel play? Does Jaleel Farouk play? According to, um, the Brent Venables press conference, he said that if they continue to progress, that will be available. A lot of people on Oklahoma's side read into that, that they're playing. I'm not so sure about that. If this is still concussion world, nothing's changed over the last four or five years. 
he's had them before, spe- specifically for Dylan Gabriel. He's had concussions before. I'm just not 100% convinced on a short week that we're going to see Dylan Gabriel play. And, yeah. and it sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for Oklahoma. Uh, I would, I, I, I really, really hope he gets to play. And this isn't saying, I still think we can beat TCU with, uh, with Jackson Arnold. I saw a lot of good things from Jackson Arnold. If he's got a week to prepare as a starter at home, not a hostile environment, if this isn't necessarily about winning or losing, although I think DG gives us our best chance to win, um, it, it really sucks for what he's done for Oklahoma over the last two years if he doesn't get to play in this game. No, I completely agree. And like you said, we saw some good things from Arnold. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for you guys in the future. But for this game, Dylan Gabriel gives you the best chance to win. Yeah. Right? We're talking about an inexperienced freshman, a very talented one, but inexperienced. You want DG out there. And like you said, senior day, he deserves to be out there for what could and should be, right? His last game for OU. Has there been any talk about him potentially coming back for another year? I think he could get a waiver for it if he wanted to. Or does he say, I want to go try the NFL? Well, I mean, I think he's still going to have the COVID year. Wow, that is crazy. Golly, that'd yeah. be nuts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You know, I think, um, I think, and I don't know what Utah fans going through. I don't know who they've got on the shelf to replace him. Clearly nobody was out there this year that that made you want to, you know, you want Cam rising back. I, I think Oklahoma fan probably wants Jackson Arnold going to the SEC, right? Don't we? I think, think we so. do. I yeah. mean, but Dylan, I mean, another year though with a like an adult grown man playing quarterback, maybe he handles the SEC better. It's it's a fascinating question. He's to me, he's probably at best a good backup, maybe makes a roster in the NFL, right? But yeah, why and why not? Yeah, I mean, I think he should go try to make the make the NFL. I think he's put some good things on tape. All right. He's got some weaknesses, of course, like every quarterback does, but why not give it a shot? He might just be sick of playing college football, man. Was he been, was he a fifth year or six year guy? Yeah, I don't know. Um, on TCU, I guess the guys we got there's three we got to watch watch out for on their defensive side. Dominic Williams is their defensive line. Uh, Teddy Lehman was very high on this guy and called him the strongest player in college football, which Whoa. is high, high praise coming from uh, Ted Lehman. Uh, talked about he was talking about in the game against you guys just throwing Kelvin Banks around on your offensive line that this guy is okay. really 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 strong so that's a concern for us being able to run the ball and pass protect especially if it's uh, Jackson Arnold and then John Hoover who's been in for Chandler Morris against Baylor he went twenty four of twenty nine for four hundred twelve yards it is Baylor but that's a lot of you know that's a good throwing quarterback. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if they put Chandler Morris and Hoover in to kind of throw a wrinkle. Uh, Morris is the more athletic quarterback, or if they just kind of go with this Hoover guy because he's the hot hand right now. And the big uh, receiving target, tight end Jared Wiley, who you tell me scored in the Red River uh, shootout for Texas in 2021. So he did a pretty good player. Why did he transfer? You know, I don't know if it was playing time. We had JT Sanders coming up. So I'm not sure if he was kind of threatened by that or he just wanted a fresh start. You know, he was he was recruited by Hart Herman. He was part of his uh, his teams there in 2018. So, yeah, I'm not sure, but he's been a good player for them. I think he's a guy who has an NFL future. And it's interesting because Tom Herman said that when he was a freshman. But, um, yeah, he's a good player. And also Savion Williams, big physical wide receiver, six foot five. 
He's a yeah. good player too. He made some plays against. We had some trouble with him in that second half. So um, you got to watch out for him and their running back. Amani Bailey is having a really good season. He's over a thousand yards. So uh, we saw what the run defense did against BYU. So you got to hope that whatever happened with that inside zone that they were running, that you guys have got it sorted out because you can't have him getting loose. Um, I'll tell you the weird thing for me to think about as I look at this game, I was preparing for this game is it's the last regular season game. A lot of things have to go right for OU to play another meaningful game. This is, this could be the last season. This could be the last time we see Danny Stutzman on the field mm-hmm. in a sooner out a uniform, Billy Bowman, potentially. Although I, I don't know. He's playing this season, man. I don't know, man. I, I mean, NFL scouts have got to be on notice with his playmaking and his speed. I agree. I agree. And I, it, it um, you know, because we're talking about your guys leaving, right? We're talking about Worthy and Devondre, uh, Devondre Sweat and all, all those dudes. Uh, but y'all got meaningful games ahead, right? They're going to be playing in, well, at least one more. We think they're going to play in a Big 12 championship game and then potentially a college football play. So you, you have games left for those guys. There, I mean, there's a very real chance, and I'm not – being pessimistic about us not making it to the Big 12. I just don't – I don't see it. Well, it's not in control. That's why you're thinking yeah. that way. Stutzman, Bowman, Dylan Gabriel, Walter Rouse, Woody Washington. Um, it's a lot, dude. And that's all and, – and, and it's funny because so much of it's on the defensive side of the ball where we finally feel like we've gotten good. You yeah. know, we finally yeah. feel like, oh, man, we've shown the improvement. And you lose right up the middle with Stutzman and Bowman, and then you lose Woody Washington – He's he's I mean, dude, he's been a lockdown corner for us in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's been your most steady guy for years. Is he an NFL guy? I is think he, so. Is, do yeah. You think he? You think he's a leave early NFL guy, or you think he's a one more year? No, NFL I guy? mean, he's a senior, isn't he? I don't think so, man. I think he's no, a junior. No, I think, I'm pretty sure he was out there in the 2020. Um, well, but but don't they all be, game that I went to? I don't know. He gets an extra year if he wants it. But I mean, 2020, he was a at least a freshman. Well, let's see what it's then he, I'm pretty sure he picked off Ellinger in that game. Yeah, he you're right. No, he played he played four games in 2019. He played in yeah. four games. So that means okay. he probably kept his that means he kept his red shirt, right? Yeah, he could have kept his red shirt. I think that rolls so around kept, then. Yeah, so 2020, 2021, he only played six games. 2022. And then so he's already year. been there five years. This is yeah, his fifth year now. So he's gone, he's man. He's he could come back, but why would he, you know? And so I mean, here's the deal, right? If Oklahoma goes to the Alamo Bowl, I, I just, I don't see a scenario. I mean, I don't think they need to play. No, I mean, no. I mean, unless y'all somehow end up playing against USC, which I don't see. But if that were the case, then you better believe you guys are going to play. I think they would you play against USC. Play. Yeah, I think they, I think they'd figure and out a way to play I'm, against USC. Listen, I'm all over that game if that happens. I would I'm sell, all over it, man. I it would, would salivate be, to get to play against USC. I just, yeah, I don't think. I mean, the Alamo Bowl is usually like the second place Pac-12 team. Like yeah. they'd have to jump. They'd have to jump Oregon or Washington, Utah. Um, well, you would think Oregon, or, Washington, even Oregon State. Okay, here's the thing. I think yeah, that that's true. You think Oregon, one of them, Oregon or Washington, gets into the college football playoff? The other one is probably going to get an at-large bid to the New Year's Six game, maybe the Fiesta Bowl, whatever. Okay. Then that's when you start choosing from 
from uh, from there. So you have Oregon I mean, State, Oregon State, and UCLA, right? Isn't UCLA mm-hmm. bowl eligible? It'd be really hard to go over. Uh, I mean, hell, even Arizona, even Arizona yeah. probably has a better mm-hmm. shot at it. So, but man, if they have a chance, they'll do it. They'll, they'll do set it, it up. Yeah, uh-huh. they'll do it. And uh, right. I think. You're right. I do think that I think Stutzman is Stutzman for sure is the kind of player that plays in a game like that. He's psychotic. Yeah, I think most of you guys will because yeah. I don't think there's any love lost between most of your former players and uh and Lincoln Riley. I don't think they like the way he left, and I don't I don't blame you guys at all for that. Do you think um does Caleb Williams play in any kind of bowl game or is he done? Have you heard? I anything? can't see it, man. I just I can't see it. And I don't think he should. What does he have to gain at this point? I don't even think he plays against Oklahoma. I don't think there's any reason for him to play a game. No, no, no reason to play against even against Oklahoma. I don't. He's got no beef with, with Oklahoma. No, no. Yeah, you know, we talked so, about. Yeah, it. there's no. No, uh-uh. I see no reason at all, all for him. All to, right, let's pick this Oklahoma game. Real, let's pick this Oklahoma game real quick. It's ten points. I'm picking TCU to cover. OU to win. Okay. TCU covers. I think it's inside uh, the ten. I, I could see this game being 30. Another, I think it could be another like uh, like what you had against um, a BYU, 31-24, something like that. I could I could easily see that again, even though we're at home. I'm going TCU, OU wins, TCU covers. You know what? I'm actually going to pick you guys to cover because um, I think this would be a game for your running game. I think your running game really goes off against him. Brooks had a good game against um, – TCU before the injury. And I think you guys kind of get them. You guys have incorporated some counter, some uh, GT counter into your scheme as of late. I think it's been giving teams trouble. So I think you give them some fits with um, some of your counter stuff. I think Sawchuck and Walker uh, both have good games for you guys. And you guys actually end up covering. You might be a late cover, but I think you guys cover. Well, that's a, hey. With your record, I'm going to trust you over me. So hopefully you are correct. I'm going to trust you over me. Uh, Kevin, it's Thanksgiving. It's football. It's food. Um, just to, to pick up the corny. Yeah. Who are you now? Are you going to be with, you're going to be with your wife's family? Correct. Yeah. I'll be here um, with the in-laws. I'm what, is, what is the weirdest thing they cook that the first Thanksgiving you were with them, you were like, what, what's happening? You know, they, uh, there's this thing. It's like an orange. I forget what they call it. I think it's like an orange salad where it's like oranges and I don't know if it's like Cool Whip and some cottage cheese or something like that. And apparently it's really good. It's nothing I had ever seen before. So that would have to be it. Okay. Uh, you're going to need to post that on Twitter because that recipe sounds very odd. That that sounds... I'm gonna, that, that might not be the right ingredients, but I'm going to have to ask what's in it. But that was something that they had that I, I had never seen before. Um. Alice's family, uh, they're they've got a big dish that is uh, pork and sauerkraut. They love pork and sauerkraut on Thanksgiving. Now they eat the turkey too, but they have pork okay. and sauerkraut. How now? When you say pork, how is this pork prepared? It's kind of like, like a, a pork or is it like a pork. No, sauce? it's kind of like it's kind of like um, almost like pork sausages. So it's like soft, oh, okay. like, but they're kind of like cut up, right? So it's like pork chunks. But it's like cooked gotcha. in a steam cook. It's like cooked in a steam cooker, and I like it. It's not. It's just. It's just not Thanksgiving though for me. Like I'm. I'm a very. 
I'm a very traditional, like, give me the turkey. You know, when my uh, when my family moved to Louisiana, their big deal was they loved to, to fry the turkey, right? The deep fried turkey. That's good, though, man, if you, if you can get that. It's good. You know what? It is good, but it just felt, it's like, I don't know, man. I can't. Thanksgiving. So how do I want to throw like gravy the, on it. I want the gravy and the mashed potatoes and the, and the, um, and the uh, stuffing. I want all that stuff. I don't. I don't want to let tech like for Christmas. You do whatever you want for Christmas. We like to do steaks on Christmas Eve. We do Mexican food sometimes on Christmas Eve. You know, yeah. that's like that's when you can get weird. Thanksgiving. It, this is America. All right. Like there are certain things you eat, and um, I don't know that you need to deviate from that. That's just me though. I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, we we keep it traditional too, man. We got the turkey. I'll be doing that. I'm gonna throw it into a brine actually tonight. Really? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, man. You gotta brine it. You know, you go to the Thanksgiving and the turkey's dry and bland. Can't have that, man. You gotta, you gotta put it into a brine. Really, some salt okay, water really and some guys. other stuff, spices and stuff. If you're listening to this, maybe on Wednesday, getting ready for Thanksgiving, you're gonna say you're gonna. It sounds like he's gonna. You're gonna be a day late because we're recording this Tuesday night. You're saying when we're done recording this on Tuesday night, you are already beginning to brine the turkey. Correct. I gotta go prepare. Wow. So, salt. Yeah, salt, brown sugar, um, orange peel, lemon peel, peppercorns, all that. You uh, boil it, stir all the ingredients in, let it cool down. I got this special bucket. You put the turkey in there, pour the brine over it so it's fully submerged. It'll be in that until Thursday morning when I wake up early and throw it on the the old smoker and let it go. Well, you're smoking the turkey. We're not. This is not oven roasted. We're smoking this bad boy. Yeah, I mean, you can do, you can roast it, but why not? Why not throw it on the smoker? It's just a Traeger electric smoker, so I'm not sitting out there, you know, watching a fire for ten hours. I'm not that hardcore. Um, yes, I know, but see, I've known you now for about six or seven years, and you've progressively gotten more and more hardcore. So to say that you're like at some point not going to put it on a ten hour smoker, I think is a little unrealistic because there could be a situation where next. Thanksgiving, we're having this conversation, and you're talking about a 10-hour smoker and brining this thing like three weeks prior. <laughs> three weeks, I think that'd be a little much. <laughs> but uh, I'm going a day and a half, you know, so hey, it'll be on dude, probably, I'm, what's it, 8.45, so I'll probably have it on by 10, 10.30, and yeah, it'll be there till Thursday morning, probably around 7 or so. Dude, that sounds <laughs> sounds really good. Um, I will be in San Antonio, Texas, uh, actually just outside in Holotus. And uh, our big family thing, when it's my side of the family, is pie night. So we will probably, there will be, no joke, I'll put the over-under at like 12 and a half pies. Which is way more Whoa. than we're going to eat. Way and more are than these, we're going to eat. Are all these homemade pies? Are these homemade pies? Homemade pies. Okay. The only thing that will be store-bought is the gluten-free crusts that I had to go to the store and buy. And I will be transporting in a cooler down to Texas. Everything else is homemade, dude. It'll be homemade coconut cream, homemade chocolate cream, homemade uh, uh, yeah, probably not homemade pumpkin. That that's pretty. There's a pretty good chance that'll be out of a can. But all those other pecan house makes a. It's mean still homemade pecan though. Pie. It's still homemade. If, you, if to me, if you take it out of the can, you stir up the ingredients, you put it into a crust, and you bake it. To me, that's still homemade. It will that's be home cooked for sure. It'll be home cooked yeah. for sure. But the rest of the pies will be homemade. Like we're talking from scratch. We're talking about like like meringue. 
You know, like where you're stirring the meringue. Oh, okay, like you're right actually up. making the meringue with the egg whites and everything. Okay. No, no, we're not joking around here. So that's the one thing that I, my family does take some very serious pride in is pie night. Um, my pie that I will be responsible for is the pizza pie that I will order from Domino's and have delivered. So that's my contribution to pie night is pizza pie on Wednesday night. Kevin, um, you got my taste buds flowing actually with that turkey, dude. So you might need to save a little bit of that for me. We might watch watch some football together on Saturday since both of our teams will be done, but I'll yeah, be back good. in town. Uh, everybody else, have a ha- happy Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving, and enjoy the football. I can't believe the regular season's almost done. It's been a hell of a year, but it's been a fun year. Kevin, you be safe. You enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Texas Longhorns. Hook, uh, hook them. Almost said hook them. Boomer. Hook them.